the ACC, more like AC, see you in the Big 12. This is Locked On, uh, Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, one second, I'm getting a phone call over here. It's, uh, let's see. Oh, it's the president. And he wants me to tell you, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thanks for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. I'm in a hotel room in Provo, Utah. I'm here for BYU in Cincinnati. I'll be on hand for Baylor and UCF tomorrow. This is the the most serious place to get all your Big 12 content five days a week. Uh, yes, my eyes look red and bloodshot. I'm not high. I'm Here's my proof. I'm in Provo, Utah. I'm definitely not high. It's just really like dry in this hotel room and i don't have any of those portable eye drops to bring portable to bring with me on this trip um look dude all of this expansion stuff we've been talking about colorado and and utah coming to the conference does arizona state want to be here in arizona and you know you already have your byus and cincinnati's and ucf so we're gonna get into all the games this weekend too but dude look at this look at this uh there's this there's this this white elephant in the room that's a game for christmas there's a there's something in the room, a pink bear, and we're all looking at the pink bear. Well, while we're all staring at this pink bear, that's Washington State and Oregon State and the four other Pac-12 teams that came in. Maybe we're missing the blue moose. The blue moose being the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference, because we're in a situation right now that everybody, you know, like Brevin Murphy said on the other day on a different show, is like, uh, you know, yeah, the only way the Big 12 expands at this point is if it goes out east. Well, yeah, that's inevitable. Think about this. You think about this. You're really going to like this. If you don't like SMU, you're going to like this. SMU is telling the ACC, look, we're going to come to your league for zero dollars. You don't have to pay us a damn thing. Dang. Sorry, I'm in Provo. You don't have to pay us a dang thing right now. We'll come to your league. And and you've just burned all the bridges with everybody else. You were the one that went rogue. This is as if, I'll give you this analogy in a second. Let's play the scenario out. They go to the ACC. The ACC in three years implodes because... Florida State, Clemson, and UNC have already made it clear they're done. They want to leave. They're not going to be alone, right? They still stay with the 15 members they need, but at the same time, there will be other members who want to leave when that thing happens because they don't want to stick around when the three big dogs are gone. So when that happens, when, the, when things start to fall apart and implode for the ACC, what does Boston College do? They end up on the cutting room floor. What does NC State do? They might end up on the cutting room floor. Wake Forest, too. But a school like Virginia... They're vying for a Big Ten invite, maybe an SEC invite. And if they don't get that, they're in the Big 12. Virginia Tech, Big 12. I mean, as we look at the schools like Virginia that aren't going to sit back, watch the rest of the teams in the league all leave at Notre Dame's beck and call, right? Florida State, they're all, they're all kind of done with dealing with Notre Dame being the ringleader, but they're only there for some sports. So they're all going to say, hey, look, if the three big dogs are gone, why would we sit around, wallow, and die? This is kind of what we thought the Big 12 would be without Texas and Oklahoma. The difference here is the weight that those three teams have on the ACC. These are the three premier programs, and there is not another. The, the really, maybe even the biggest piece of, piece of this puzzle right now is there is not a, a group of schools in realignment that the ACC could go and grab and replace those three you, you can make the case for Cal, Stanford, and SMU, right? 
Well, SMU is coming for free. Cal has more debt than anybody else in the country at over $400 million. And Stanford is good at stuff. I'll give you Stanford. That's pretty good. And they're all the way across the country. Do you think Louisville, when Brett Yormark calls and says, look, man, your conference is falling apart. Why don't you just do the smart thing? When he calls Virginia Tech and says that, what about Miami here? You think Miami's going to sit around and let all this happen? They're not. So what I'm painting a picture of right now is the way the ACC falls apart and the Big 12 immediately goes and takes advantage of that. When Brett Yormark smelled blood in the water with the Pac-12, he went and he got he poached. He came in there and he said, you've got Deion Sanders. I want Deion Sanders. And he took Colorado. You think he's going to stop? You think he's going to be done? You think with those three teams, leave the, leave the ACC that he's done? No, in, in my scenario, ESPN needs to put Washington State and Oregon State somewhere. The Big 12. No other place makes sense. It's the Big 12. Then past that, the ACC falls apart. The Big 12 comes in. Night in shining armor starts picking up schools, picking up a, a Louisville, picking up. I, I don't think they'll get a Miami. They probably won't get a Virginia. Those schools probably opt to the Big Ten, to the SEC. That's what they're shooting for, depending on where Clemson, Florida State, and UNC go, which there are a lot of rumors in different directions. But the Big 12 by 2030 is going to have a couple of these ACC schools. They're going to have Washington State and Oregon State. I mean, it just, and people are like, oh, well, who's your source or where are these rumors coming from? It's kind of common sense. You see what I'm breaking down here? I mean, I'm, this is like bar for bar, flow for flow. This all makes sense. If you're a BYU fan, you'll be playing Louisville in a conference game. Washington State in a conference. It should excite you to play Washington State in a conference game. Oregon State in a conference game. If you're an SMU fan, plug your ears. If you're an SMU hater, turn it up. Because what's going to happen is guess who's going to be sitting there? When we raid, when we come in, we raid the ACC. And who do we see crying in the corner? Penniless. SMU. We say, SMU, remember that one time that you abandoned your conference for zero dollars in just such a sad little move? You, you did the little brother thing to say, you don't have to pay us. We just want to be in the playground. We want to be there. The Big 12 is not going to take that. They're going to laugh and laugh. Imagine. Here's the analogy I was about. I was going to give you a second ago. Imagine. Imagine. Texas and Oklahoma somehow fell through with the SEC. And the SEC said, you know what? We're not going to take you anymore. The SEC fell apart altogether. You think the Big 12 is going to be like, oh, man, we dodged a bullet. Thanks, Texas. Thanks, Oklahoma. You can stick around. Eh, Possibly, you know. There may be a scenario for that. Not with SMU. Had Oklahoma State. Had Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech been the rogue one and just left the conference for zero dollars to join the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 fell apart? Don't think that's a very pleasant homecoming. For SMU, where is the homecoming? Who's going to go pick them up? Because the Big 12 is a spot right now. All of college football is a spot where by 2030, we will have a three-conference setup. That's, that's the next place this goes. The, the college football playoff inevitably expands once we figure out Washington State and Oregon State. By the way, when people say once we figure that out, you know what figure that out means? It means put them in the Big 12. How else are you going to figure this thing out? They have to go to a conference for you to figure it out. That's the Big 12. Then 2030, we're three conferences because the ACC is imploded. A couple of those teams went SEC. A couple went Big Ten. A couple went to the Big 12. We're three conferences. And that's when the conversations start of how do we move forward 
in the NCAA without conferences or with X, Y, Z, without the NCAA, without, without this, without that. We're going to start opening up the book. If we can't just have three conferences, we need more parity. Is there going to be a pod system? Is there going to be a protected rival system? How do you play non-conference games? All of that. That is where the conversation will go in 2030 as we start to unpack the future of this league. That future being one that to me is not that uncertain. The, the outline, the road to all of this is here, and it's pretty easy to decipher. The Big 12 is in a heck of a spot and will continue to expand out west. I think Brett McMurphy is right. The next Big 12 expansion does occur, I said west, out east. It does occur out east, but it also occurs with Oregon State and Washington State. I feel it. Feel it in my bones. I also feel like I have to tell you the truth. I'm not high, by the way. I keep my eyes are so red and bloodshot, but I'm just not like I. This hotel room is insane. What? Is, oh, I do have to tell you a secret. Right here on Locked On Big Twelve, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My hair is not real. This is a toupee. Um, except that, except it's a real toupee, like a toupee that is made of real hair of my own because I use Nutrafol and so should you. I, I am right now. I have put the Nutrafol shampoo in my hair and it makes my hair. I, I didn't need it to be honest with you. I already have a lot of hair. I have pretty strong, thick hair, but I've been using Nutrafol and now it's double thick. The other day, my barber went to cut my hair and to just to like run his hand through my hair and it just kept getting stuck because Nutrafol, I, I kid you not, it actually has, it has made my hair more thick. Uh, so if you're tired of weakening or thinning hair, Nutrafol actually works. Almost too good for someone like me who doesn't need any help with my hair. It's number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness and visible scalp coverage. I just wanted to try it out and it actually has worked, which I didn't need, but it's worked. Drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. It works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months, myself included, by taking Nutrafol men's hair growth. Take the first step in visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and a promo code locked on college. Nutrafol, 4,000 healthcare professionals recommended in com slash men and a promo code locked on college. Nutrafol.com men, promo code locked on college. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Oh boy. It is a huge week for the dogs in the Big 12. BYU is an underdog against Cincinnati. That line keeps moving, by the way. Happy game day for everybody in BYU Nation and Cincinnati as well. I'm excited to meet you all. That line keeps moving. At first, it was BYU minus three. Then it was Cincinnati minus two. Now it is 
Cincinnati minus one at the time of recording. God knows it'll be BYU minus seven by the time we kick off. And then Cincinnati minus seven at halftime. Give me the dogs, the BYU Cougars. I'll get more into that. I'll get more into that later. Kansas and Texas. This line has stayed pretty similar, pretty even keel over the course of the last 48 hours. The Longhorns playing a home game against the Jayhawks after beating Baylor 38-6. to Kansas Jayhawks, the number 24 team in America. This is a top 25 matchup. It wasn't a top 25 matchup when Kansas beat Texas, which time you're asking, because they've done it multiple times. And what happened with those, it felt like Kansas kind of snuck up on the horns. Whereas, like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. This wasn't really supposed to happen. This game wasn't supposed to be competitive. This is a game that is supposed to be competitive. That's what worries me, is Texas can't overlook Kansas. Also, Texas didn't just win a big game. They didn't just beat an Alabama. I think that's why they struggled against Wyoming, is because they had just knocked off the tide on the road. They just beat Baylor. Baylor stings. But... Kansas has two of the best offensive weapons in the entire conference. Many would have argued they did. They did argue preseason that Kansas had the better quarterback, that Jaden Daniels, Jalen Daniels is the better quarterback than Quinn Ewers. He was the preseason all Big 12 quarterback. All Big 12 team. Devin Neal at running back. Kansas has maybe the two best players, offensive players in this game. I do think Xavier Worthy is the best receiver in the Big 12. Quinn Ewers has shown himself to be one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the Big 12. But Kansas has enough offensive weapons to at least keep this game close. Closer than 17 points. Kansas plus 16 and a half. Texas wins. Final score 35-24. Take the under as well. Houston and Texas Tech at Texas Tech. I have no reason to trust Texas Tech. I have no reason to trust Houston. And I don't know. I don't know what happens in this game. Donovan Smith Bowl. I don't know. Does Baron Morton get the bulk? Does Tyler Shuck get the bulk? Does Donovan Smith come out and say, hey, look, Lubbock, bam, bam, bam. I'm a dog. He only has five touchdown passes this season. Does Taj Brooks run for 200 yards against this Houston defense? I don't know. This is a game. Hear me. Hear me loud and clear here. This is a game. Texas Tech has a really bad rush defense, by the way. That's why I said that. Where coaching wins. The coaches win this game. There aren't a lot of all-star Jimmy and Joes on the field this week between Texas Tech and Houston. It's the X's and the O's. Dana Holgerson, Joey McGuire, Joseph. Tech improves at 2-3. and three. They beat Houston. It's a sloppy, gross fest, like 24-14, 24-17. I won't be playing this game. You just go... Ugh. You get done with the game on, what is it, FS2? Oh, I throw up my mouth. That sucks. Give me Texas Tech. Baylor UCF. UCF minus 12 and a half points. I might buy. I might buy this game up to UCF minus 16 and a half. Until Baylor proves to me that, that it, it has a good football team or just even an okay football team. I will be riding everyone Baylor plays. It's just the way things go right now for the Bears. They're terrible. They're the worst team in the Big 12 as we speak. If there's one team in the Big 12 who's worse than everybody else, we have to circle one. It is Baylor. How do you go from winning a Sugar Bowl in a Big 12 championship to two years later? Less than that. You know, a year and 10 months. Being the worst team in the conference. That's pitiful, man. That's pitiful. I can't help you there. You know, I like maybe you're like, oh, you know, you're a Baylor grad. Shouldn't you be more positive? No, you got to be a realist about this stuff. I'm not even being negative. I'm being honest. Who's worse than Baylor right now? Exactly. That's bad. It's unacceptable. UCF by 14, 17, 21. 
on FS1. Speaking of FS1, Iowa State, Oklahoma. I love the slate of games, by the way. I've told you I've loved some dogs. UCF's not a dog. I like them. And Texas Tech's not a dog. I like them. I do like Kansas to cover. I do like BYU to cover. I also like a couple of dogs in the late slate. Iowa State plus 20 against Oklahoma. The computer says Oklahoma wins by 13 points. Iowa State's got a good, good defense. I get Dylan Gabriel. He's better than Quinn Ewers right now. We're not talking about it enough. Quinn Ewers has the tougher strength of schedule. Be sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I don't. I Dylan Gabriel's been impressive. Dylan Gabriel's been impressive. Now, here's the big problem. He's going against Rocco. Rocco Beck. Who has a much cooler name than him. I... I give the edge to the Iowa State defense in this game. They only allow 177 pass yards per game. Iowa State does not win this game, but Iowa State keeps this game within three touchdowns. It should not be a 20-point spread. Iowa State covers. Oklahoma wins. They they feel bad about winning, though. It's one of those you get away with. You're like, 27 to 21? Seriously? That sucked. But they still win. They moved to 5-0, and by the way. West Virginia at TCU. The 3-1 West Virginia Mountaineers, the 3-1 TCU Horn Frogs, who have won three straight, including that massive win against SMU and against Houston. Tickets only 22 bucks. They don't pack out Eamon G. Carter very well, do they? TCU minus 14, not so fast, my friends. West Virginia's defense is one of the best in the Big 12. I do. You know, I got to be honest with you. I do think TCU wins this game. I still have a lot of confidence they can get to Arlington. But, but, it's closer than 14. West Virginia's a good football team. We just learned that. 24-17 in that range. 24-17 feels right. TCU, 24-20 TCU. Horn Frogs get it done, but it's gross. And West Virginia keeps it close. Mm, that's a bar. West Virginia plus 14. Those are, well, that's what I'm playing this week. There's a little, there's a little, little look around the Big 12. And I'm going to go more in depth now to Cincinnati, BYU, Baylor, and UCF. Uh, give me... BYU to beat Cincinnati, Kansas to cover 17 against Texas, Texas Tech to beat Houston, UCF to cover 12 and a half against Baylor, Iowa State plus 20 against Oklahoma, and West Virginia plus 14 at TCU on Lockdown Big 12, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, wow. It's FanDuel. It's where I make money every Saturday. I go and I bet and I make money. This week, everybody's telling me, Drake, Drake, all the haters, they were saying, Drake, no way, no way you will ever bet the Detroit Lions to beat the Packers at Lambeau. Yeah, well, they are right. I didn't. I didn't get the bet in in time. I actually lost track of time zones, but I would have won money at FanDuel. Step into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. That is guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, you've been thinking about it, there's no better time to do it. Right now, get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, that's official sports betting partner of the NFL. BYU in Cincinnati. I am on hand in Provo, Utah. I was at the soccer game last night between BYU and Cincinnati. I mean, I I love um, the passion BYU fans have for their university. I think it is it is truly admirable the commitment to faith that BYU mixes with the passion for athletics because there are schools across America that have 
religious affiliations that don't do it, that they do not put equal, equal amount of, of time into academics and athletics and still emphasize faith as something important to them. Being inside of the being at, at a soccer game on a Thursday night, sold out crowd, students have packed it out, standing room only, places going nuts for a game against a Cincinnati team that's bad at soccer is a wild thing to see. I mean, I'm looking around myself thinking, how? How does BYU do this? How do so many schools in the Big 12 and across the country in the SEC and the ACC, the Big 10, wherever, they struggle to do what BYU has built a formula for in college athletics? And I get you're thinking, oh, this guy's just fawning over BYU. Well, no, if you saw it yourself, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. You get there and you go, wow. It's tough not to have a serious appreciation for what BYU does. And that is put butts in seats. They're engaged with the game and to each other. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. And it is a special atmosphere when you go to a BYU sporting event. And I'm wholly expecting that. Please, please come say hello. Please. If you see me, come say hi. Um, I met Jackson. I met a couple of guys actually at dinner and at the soccer game who are listeners of Locked On Big 12. Uh, that's their first listen every single day. So come say hello if you're at the BYU and Cincinnati game. Cincinnati fans as well. I like Emory Jones. He's sneaky, sneaky, my friends. And this game is going to be a while. I mean, you're looking at a BYU running game that is the worst in the Big 12. It could not be worse. It is terrible. BYU can't run the football. Keaton Slovis can't seem to run the football. Cincinnati, on the other hand, they run the ball really well. They've run the ball 50 more times than they've thrown it. And Emory Jones has been good. What this is going to be is a rock fight on one side. Keaton Slovis, look, look, BYU shouldn't have lost the game by as many points as they did to Kansas. Shouldn't have been a double-digit loss. You know, three turnovers put you, they put you in a bad spot. Um, that's 21 points. That gave Kansas 21 points. For Emory Jones, he was not sharp against Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, they didn't score a touchdown. He is not going to be leaned on this week for Cincinnati. They're going to run the ball constantly. W- what might happen in this game is... Emory Jones and Cincinnati lead a five-minute scoring drive of 75 yards where they run the ball eight plays out of the 10, and then BYU gets the ball and scores on three passing plays. Not to say Cincinnati's pass defense is horrendous at all. You know They allow 228 yards per game. That's pretty good. Look at their opponents, though. A reeling pit team, Eastern Kentucky, Miami of Ohio, those three squads, meh. You know, we're, we're still excited about that pit win. Be, be, be sure. But that Miami, Ohio game was a loss. The Oklahoma game, they only had six points. The defense was good against Dylan Gabriel. The defense was good all across the board. I think this is a Cincinnati defense. that's going to scare a lot of people. That's a Keaton Slovis. Some of his throws have looked real sharp. BYU is going to have to throw the ball. Yeah, I've heard people say that BYU has got to rush for 150 for them to win this game. There's no way in hell BYU rushes for 150. If BYU does rush for 150, of course they win this game by 21 points. They can't run the ball right now. You got to throw it with Keaton Slovis. Trust his arm. And BYU can win this game. They're at home. It's a home night game on a Friday night on conference weekend. If you know, you know. BYU wins it by 10, maybe 11, 35, 24. 34-23, funky scores. Baylor UCF, Blake Shapin, John Rice Plumley, Timmy McLean, Sawyer Robertson, who knows? A couple of guys named Richardson running the football. UCF puts up 565 yards per game on offense, 304 yards passing, and a whopping 260 yards rushing. 
Baylor's pass defense is not bad. Pretty good. 204 yards allowed per game. Run defense, terrible. 171 yards allowed per game. UCS, UCF, their rush defense, also bad. These are two teams that can run all over each other, except Baylor can't throw the ball at all. UCF can at least throw the ball with either Timmy McLean or John Rice Plumley, whoever plays. UCF wins this game by so many points, it's unfathomable. UCF, I'll be in the house. Come say hi to me there, too. I will be sleep deprived because my flight's at like 7 a.m. Saturday from Provo to Orlando. Come say hi. UCF wins this game by a lot of points, folks. Sorry, Baylor. One and four. But give me a reason that Baylor should win, you know? Give me like, oh, this is why Baylor can do it. (sighs) Sorry. None of that. But there is a whole lot of locked on Big 12. I love it. I love being on the road. I've been to a Big 12 game every week so far. This is my fifth straight week. Six Big 12 games in five weeks. The Dose Grande is it's rolling on, man. Where should I go next? Maybe come maybe coming to a Big 12 game near you. Uh, this has been it always will be locked on. Thanks for making it your first lesson every single day. I love all of you. Dose Grande. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply.